what do you want to be hired for? What do you want people to be saying about you so that others can connect with that message? Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 655. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so thrilled to be having this conversation with our guest today and also with you. So I want to remind you, before we even hop into the conversation, to head on over to the show notes at any point while you're listening and drop a comment down below. And today's guest is also a podcaster, so we'll be sure to share the name of his show during the episode today, but your ratings and reviews plus your subscriptions mean the world to us. So head on over to Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening platform to leave those for us. We would be so grateful. Our guest today is Lou Diamond, host of Thriving Podcast. He's a speaker, consultant, and I got to tell you listeners... We both had to reschedule, and I, you've heard it from me before, that it's always really serendipitous or synchronistic or whatever in that whatever we talk about goes with whatever, and I'm going to be selfish here, Lou, whatever I needed to hear that day. Yes. It's, oh my gosh, I have a coach. I just need to let you know, I have a coach, but I have gotten millions of dollars, I feel, in free coaching out of the podcast. Have you found that on your show too? That is completely true. It's almost like the the secret sauce of being a podcast host that only the, the chef gets to taste. Uh, just mm-hmm. because in addition to what the listeners get to hear in a great conversation and be a fly on the wall, there's always just a kinetic energy, I guess, between the host and the guest and uh, relationships start. I, I've had clients who've been guests on the show. And yes, it is absolutely like the, it's like a coasting, it's a coaching turbo booster. How about that? Coaching, coasting, coaching, turbo booster, coaching, coasting, blooper booster. Yeah. There you go. That's it. That works too. (laughs) Well, okay. I got to pick on you for a second though. Absolutely. Lou comes on today and he's like, I need to tell you something like what? He's like, well, I'm in a, I'm in the closet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do I sound okay? It's like, oh yeah, I would have never known. Lou, I just had to throw that out there because I hear so many excuses from day to day. Well, I didn't get this done because, well, I didn't get this day or this done because I can't start a podcast because um, you're in a closet recording an episode. <laughs> would you want me to share with the listeners why that is? is that oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I'm actually... I'm flying home with my family today. We actually traveled uh, for the weekend down to uh, my in-laws down in Florida. And I live up in just outside of New York City. So our flight is this evening. And we have a lot of work going on today. Uh, My son is here. He's got a phone call that it's work-related. My wife has some work-related. My in-laws have some calls that they're doing work-related. And I knew that I'd be recording today. And the only place in my in-laws' home that would actually be good enough for a listening crew would be in one of the closets. So I've seen New York City residents do this. I've had podcast interviews with people who live in New York City, and, and I didn't know that they were in the closets. It's not a bad idea. You're you know confined place. Sound uh-huh. doesn't bounce around too much, and I, and I had a good microphone. So that's why I'm here. No other reason other than just that. But yes, I am in a closet recording this interview with the Kim Sutton. Well, it's so funny because at one point, my husband and I shared what's now my office, he got he got ticked off because the, the teenagers were also out here and they would be gaming and he would be trying to listen to, he listens to political talk radio all day. <laughs> okay, my husband does. And then the kids would be on, we're all gamers, but they would be on whatever discord. And we were all about respect in our house, but okay. the kids occasionally drop four letter words that we wouldn't want broadcast on a podcast are there any other kinds no (laughs) i'm just except when i say uh serendipitous i don't Ah, even want to count how many letters that is many so my husband at that point oh and i've admitted this on a select few shows my husband and i are both vapists not be Ah, not to be confused with rapists people okay vapists so i'm recording podcasts when the kids aren't home and my husband's over there in his corner 
vaping. And all I can hear is. <laughs> so I was like, sweetie, can you at least turn around to make sure that it's that I'm muted when you do that? He's like, sure. And then the kids drove him out. I was like, yes. But at one point when the kids were still in here, we moved from the New York City area. I don't know if you know that. We moved. I did not I, know. That, I no. moved from the New York City area. Yeah. Um, Fleetwood area, Mount Vernon. Oh, I, I was, I'm north of you in, in Chappaqua. Okay. From where you used to live. Yeah, I know it well. I passed by that station all the time. Yep. Um, out to Ohio in 2004. But so, oh my gosh, I can't even. I was just talking to a kid yesterday about how much our one and a half bedroom. Yes, there are such things, people, as one and a half bedroom apartments. Um, <laughs> out here but we have now i have a basement and there's there is a harry potterish room underneath the stairs Ooh. so my husband was joking about putting up some insulation in that room and setting me up a little podcasting desk i'm like are you kidding we well, have an hold, office hold on time out hold that thought you see so this says something interesting because my wife and i too have an office in our home and i have been uh as we call it you know designated to the dungeon because that's where I made the studio for my podcast show thrive loud. So yes, we were down in the basement, so I, I get it, but she was not going to the basement. I have to go to the basement. Well, that's exactly clear. what I said. I was like, wait a second. There's <laughs> I'm the primary breadwinner. There's an office edition and I'm going to go down to a room underneath the stairs. I do not like spiders either. I just need to put it out there. <laughs> no way. You'll be down there every two seconds getting a spider for me. But anyway, now that we've like gone all over Kingdom Come. Yeah, I'm so curious to see where the rest of this podcast show goes. So. Well, for <laughs> listeners who haven't heard of you before, I just want to make it clear. This is Lou Diamond. Not Lou Diamond Phillips. And he's Lou Diamond without the Phillips is just as awesome. So let's just put that out there. But who are you, Lou? Introduce yourself, uh, please, to the listeners. Uh, listeners of Kim Sutton's amazing show, I like to tell people that I was put on this planet to work with the most amazing companies, leaders, and producers, and brands, and help them thrive through the power of connecting. I am a speaker, a consultant, uh, a former top sales producer, and companies have me come in to get them to connect better to whomever, whomever they're trying to better establish growth with, whether it's their customers to grow their business, whether it's internally within their organization to get communication to work better so they can be more productive, or to get their brand to connect to the market. That seems to be the place where I do best, that, that triumvirate of getting growth in sales, messaging with your brands, and internal efficiencies seems to be where I help people thrive best through connecting. I love this on so many levels because I, I didn't realize actually until I was working with a client how much just the internal team satisfaction can impact the bottom line or top line revenue, whichever yeah. way you want to look at it. Yeah. So that connecting from the inside out is so absolutely crucial. I've always had a policy with my team. Gotta say it was from working with an, with a company in Greenwich, Connecticut, when I lived in your neck of the woods, yeah. that there was just such brokenness inside that the the head of the office was not allowed to hire any more employees because she fired so many that she was costing the company who knows how much in <laughs> unemployment taxes. Oh, but sure. if, they, if she didn't fire them, they left. It is. It, this is something that's really interesting because one of the things that that I tout in in whether my marketing materials or uh, the way that I work with companies is I help you to a, a, me, me and my team help you to establish a thriving culture, and that word culture is really interesting uh, because cultures kind of grow organically, right? They you you have a really strong maybe leader who starts the company and. It's tough to get out of those different stages from, from startup to entrepreneurial to mid-market to mature. Each one of those levels that you jump has so many challenges because of human nature and, and trying to, quote unquote, maintain the original culture. And that's actually the best uh, mistake that's out there, right? Because if you started a company, you had a dream of where you wanted that vision and company to go. And the people start to love the work environment or love what they do at that certain stage. There's always that sweet spot when they're growing. 
it's where the disconnect comes in is when they've started to be successful and they start to grow and they feel that they've lost that culture internally. So there are certain tools and things that you can do to better, to be more efficient, to connect better with your people because you've kind of lost that. So it's not reestablishing the old culture. It's adapting to a new one. Mm. And, and that is connecting to the next level of the steps of your companies. And getting leaders to understand that internally is exactly what you're getting at. Like, yeah, when those companies are changing and they're getting rid of people because they're leaving, uh, there's, there's a much bigger problem. So it's really re-understanding, are you, is the company connecting to the outside world? Are they connecting inside? And recognizing where they're not connecting and focus on fixing that so that you can start to rebuild. I made a huge mistake shortly after I started my business in 2012. I realized, well, this was a good realization. I realized that I didn't have to do everything myself and I could hire people <laughs> to support me. That was a huge light bulb. But the mistake I made was hiring way too many people way too fast and not thinking yeah. about what the plan looked like, how I was going to sustain that. And to be totally honest, I've done that two or three times. I'm yeah. back to a one woman show right now due to, you know, the roller coaster of entrepreneurship and major shifts that needed to happen in the business. But the next time it's going to be very slow trickle, like, okay, I know exactly how you are going, you know, how we're going to pay your invoices for the next few months. And then, and now let's get ready and bring on the next person, but let's have a plan in place on how the work that they do is going to pay their invoices. Like I've never been properly set up like that. Mm -hmm. And that hurt. Uh, Kim, I was going to ask a question. What would be most helpful for your listeners to, to hear as it relates to that? Like, is that something that, you know, cause, cause you know, maybe deciding which functions are the things you need to, to keep or which ones are the ones you need to let go of. Would that be something that's helpful for your listeners to. to oh, hear? absolutely. Yeah. Cause you just brought up an interesting point. So, um, my, I am, I, I came from wall street and I'm very good with numbers. Make this clear, you know, like that is part of what I did for a very long time, but I, I was not good with, uh, invoices, finances, accounting, balance sheet stuff, <laughs> making sure systems are put in place, expense management, the, the stuff that actually runs the business. Um, but I have somebody that actually is spectacular at that way better at it than I am. And one of the things that I actually recognized is where are the things that I am the strongest and what, what, what do I want to be doing each day? And I actually wrote those things down. And that is outward marketing of, of the brand, doing the front-facing work with the clients and the selling um, and helping to close the, the business to, to get more business. That, 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 that's what I've been doing my whole, connecting my company to out, outbound companies. But as you know, whether it's producing a podcast, whether it's marketing yourself in social media, whether it's marketing yourself to other clients and other forms of business to get yourself more work and to manage the business itself. Those are things I needed help with. And I remembered, I wrote down, these are the things that I know I can be good at, but I'm not as good as others. And that's simple analysis for a company. And it doesn't matter how big you are. This is really interesting. Even the biggest companies try to take on too much themselves uh, as opposed to outsourcing it to someone that is the best in class in that field. And the way I like to think of it is, what do you want to be hired for? What do you want people to be saying about you? so that others can connect with that message. And I, I had somebody said, Lou literally helped us better market our brand in a way that we never could have. Lou grew our sales production from his processes that he worked with. And his company Thrive actually helped our whole organization change the way that we communicate internally. Those are the things that I'm the most proud of, and that's the most referenceable work. Bang. Everything else that someone could have said, oh my God, lose a phenomenal podcaster, right? Okay, now I am a pretty good podcaster and I love being on the show, but the show is a marketing component to what I do. It is still the outward bound piece of it. Uh, the production of it, all of that stuff, I have somebody else do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Some people love listening to the show and the ins and outs and the music we incorporate or funny openings, all that stuff. That's, yeah, that's, that's just a little nuance, but someone else is doing that because they are best in class in that. So that puts that best in class touch points around your brand. That's how you want to connect. You know what you can do best, whatever Kim is the best at, that's what she should focus on. And the things that she isn't, you know, you can let go of some things, 
but don't let go of the things that you know that you are going to have the biggest impact on. So my sister joined my team for a bit. I love my sister as both a, a team there member. Sounds like there's, hold on. There sounds like there's a butt coming in here. Yeah, like there is. You, and I'll explain. Um, I love my sister as a sister and also as, you know, as a contractor. She does a phenomenal job. However, whereas I am a absolutely right-brained, she is absolutely left-brained. And that just didn't work very well for us. Plus, we're sisters mm-hmm. and things flew out of our mouth that may not have flown out of other, you know, teams' mouths. And it it just, we discovered it was better for her to work with clients that weren't her sister. Right. And better for me to have a manager that wasn't my sister. So anyway, one of, because she was just starting now in her own entrepreneurial journey when she started working with me, she fell into a similar trap as I did very early in mine. I thought that just because I sh- that just because I could do something meant I should. And she saw, oh, we can do this. Oh, we can do that. So I would log on to my website or go check out my website and there would be 15 new offerings. I'm exaggerating a little bit on the high side, but when I say a little <laughs> bit, I don't mean that many. Uh, all of a sudden there's websites yep. uh, and I'm, I do damn good websites, I have to say, but I, that's not what I want to be known for. Pinterest management, Instagram management. Lou, in the last two weeks, I have posted so many draft, like placeholder Instagram posts that I've had to go back and delete just because that's like the next team member that I need. Maybe I'm still right. thinking about who that is. Yeah. Well, how? No, that's not that's not our specialty. So then I would go in behind her. <laughs> right on her tail and go back and delete those because one thing and it became crystal clear after I read uh, Mike Michalowicz is that how you say his name do you know who I'm talking about yes I do yeah I'm not not exactly sure how to pronounce his name but that sounded good yeah I have to figure it out soon Um, I read his book profit first at the end of last year totally mind-blowing and one of the examples he gives is he has a landscaper who notices that he needs gutter work and offers to do it. And the guy, you know, the homeowner says yes. So the landscaper gets up there, but he has to buy the tools to do it. And then he gets up there and he realizes, oh, there's roof work necessary. And the guy says, yeah, do it. Then he has to go buy that. And then the chimney work. And that's what I found was happening when I started offering all these different offerings that, you know, aren't my area of specialty. And then all of a sudden, oh, somebody disappears mid- mid-process like I hired a, des- a web design team and then the head designer just disappeared off the face of the earth mm-hmm. with the design for three clients websites I'm like <laughs> oh no like that's that's not good because I need me or another team member to be able to pick up and keep on going if anything like that happens so I told her you know we got to stick to the core and it has become so much easier to market ourselves since we really defined, since I yeah. really defined what we do, who we do it for, and what the value is, what the investment is. I think you hear it often, you know, less is more. And that is, if you do something really, really, really well, you not only are the best in class in doing that particular thing that you do, you also have become more efficient in doing it, which means you're more profitable in doing it. And that enables you to have a little bit more flexibility, more revenue, more things to explore the other tangential things that might be in line with what you do really great. Uh, I mean, case in point, I realized a long time ago that my keynote speech, which is can be like an hour, an hour and a half, my half-day workshop and my full-day workshop for almost the same topic is basically like a different level of double-clicking on each one of those things. So I actually, the content, has been efficiently commun- you know maximized in the way that you you utilize it or the way I utilize it in the way I communicate and it's kind of funny because what it's done is that efficiency has helped me to realize well what are the strongest points and what's the next best content that we know we could help so we can refresh it make it better find new things that we can um, adjust to that came from doing something so well so efficiently so many times that we were able to maximize that 
that's kind of how you have to think about your whole business, right? And you're right. You probably, when you hire too fast or you let go too fast, it might not have been that you did that. It might not, it might have been that you just weren't as efficient as you were, as you needed to be to then make that leap to the next level. And, and it, look, those are, no one ever gets this right. There's no set revenue marks at timing that this happens. This is, this is an art, hence master the art of connecting the name of my book. So you have to have a good feel for these skills to know, and then recognize that it could evolve into something of when those decisions make, because you are going to mess up and the mess ups are where you are, are, the, are the, the true magic. That's where, that's where you learn and that's where you grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I started to realize too was that where my passion wasn't my time. Oh, that's key. So key. Yeah. And then those projects would get put to the end of the line because I would focus on where my passion was first. So I feel bad for the clients that were in that in that time period because the clients who hired me for stuff where the passion wasn't always fell last in my daily priorities. Yes. I, I want to add one thing to that. And you can't always just be doing what you're most passionate about. For example, I have a sit down at least once a month with my chief administrative officer to go through the finances, things we have to cut back on, things we need to look at, you know, where where, where things are working well, where they're not. Because you need to have an awareness of it. It might not be what you're doing, but that's an important piece. You can't just neglect it and, and trust everything. There is some communication that has to happen. So not everybody's working in their own isolated bubble, just doing what they love to do. Absolutely. Can I just throw something out there about finances? Because yeah, I, I don't know. This, this is the most organic no. conversation I've had in a while. I'm loving this. Let's keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I feel be- for future guests, if you're listening to this episode, which I hope you are, Luke. Okay. Side, little side sidebar. They, sidebar for a quick second. I, I think it's hilarious when guests come on and before we start recording, they're like, what's your show about? And did, you, <laughs> and did you get my suggested interview questions? I'm like, um, well, you clearly, I, and I, and I want to say it to them, but I'll just say it here. It's like, well, you clearly didn't listen to the show because there is no set <laughs> script and the conversation will go exactly where it's going to go. And I got your interview questions and promptly filed them. And with all my guest info, I didn't even look at them. That's classic. I love it. Yeah. Cause they, so, they, but anyway, um, but you said fine. So something related to finance. Yeah. So both my parents are accountants oh, okay. and, and I worked in Manhattan doing a lot of hedge funds and in, in investment houses. I was an interior architect for a decade, uh, but financing or finances, bookkeeping, accounting. No, keep me the heck away from that stuff. <laughs> but that was the last of the major investments that I ever, well, I actually have a bookkeeper accountant, like an official CPA that I'm, that I'm about to hire. It's ridiculous how you, you can put off hiring the right person because you get it in your head that it's going to cost way more than it actually will. Just get out there and have the conversations already. But for years, and I mean up until this year, I won't even timestamp this, I was doing all my yearly bookkeeping in a Google spreadsheet. So <laughs> like every single expense that went through the business, I had a spreadsheet where I would enter it in. I would hope that it would calculate right. But there's so between contractors and those monthly expenses and everything, it would take me a good 40 to 60 hours because oh. I would never do it, you know, weekly like I should have. Well, uh, that's so, it's so funny. You just, you just mentioned that because it's ironic, right? So every is that what day, you're doing? Well, no, no, no. Uh, I remember I handed that stuff off to mm-hmm. somebody who's and, and focuses on QuickBooks Online, which uh, she could yes. recommend to the cows come home. It's, it's wonderful. Um, but more, impor- more importantly, every day in my calendar, Every day, every Monday to Friday, I have a thing that says uh, expense report. It pops up at, it pops up after my workout time, which I don't always do my workout, but I try to. And then it says expense report. And the expense report reminder is to book something that happened the previous day as best as I can if I have the receipt or whatever it is. It might have been a dinner or a travel trip or I'll have a lot of expenses sometimes because I traveled to an event to go speak. So the purpose of getting it every day is that I used to just wait till the end of the month to do it one day in the month. And, and this literally took up an entire morning. It could have been a three to four hour activity. Whereas if you just do a couple of them for a couple of minutes a day, it only with, uh, I use something called Expensify. 
which captures your expenses and feeds very nicely into QuickBook Online's shameless plug if, if your sponsors are listening. Uh, so this was a great time saver because even though it only took me a couple of minutes to do in a day, when the end of month report came, I, I probably only spent 10 minutes just finishing it. Like, up, I just had to like check to make some things, maybe the last days and that's it. So I totally get the, you know, it can take so much time to do it. It is important. Those little doses of things that you don't like to do, if you bunch them up and wait till the end, it's going to kill you. <laughs> well, I'm, I absolutely love that you said QuickBooks because I was using other, QuickBooks is the third or fourth a bookkeeping invoicing tool that I've used since I started the business and I will never move. Like I yeah. finally just canceled the other system I was, was using, which is still, uh, it's an awesome tool, but it didn't do, it didn't capture all my expenditures. Would, would so, you like to, can, can I, I'm sorry for interrupting. Would you like to hear how, so my wife, who is my chief administrative officer, uh, who does all that stuff for, for the company, she did it for me. One of my clients needed that work. She ended up doing it for them. She mm -hmm. created an entire business yep. helping other companies with this. And it is a need. It's, it's kind of like a super power charged bookkeeping. It's almost like chief administrative officer in a box is what we call it. Mm -hmm. And it's become, it's become a really important need, but she's amazing at it. And she's created efficiencies on how to do it even better. But QuickBooks Online is the only requirement that she has everybody do. She won't take them on unless they switch over to it. Well, it's <laughs> crazy because I was putting off the $60 a month or whatever I was you know, they would charge because I was already paying $60 for another tool that didn't right. have all the capabilities. And now, I mean, I have all these rules set up in QuickBooks. So it just in, yeah. Okay. I, QuickBooks, I might be calling out to you to say, uh, you can be the official sponsor of this episode, <laughs> but I got rid of the other one. So slashed that monthly expense in half, go with the one that does everything, have the rules set up. Only I don't ever carry cash. And that's the problem with my kids sometimes, but I don't ever carry cash. So everything goes onto the debit card, which QuickBooks automatically sets up. And that, you know, quote, added expense. I want to go back to the podcast editing for a quick second. Yeah. For three months at the end of 2017, and I was at a daily show at that point, I was editing, producing, sharing all my episodes myself. And I wondered why when it became the end of November, early December, and you know I needed to do holiday shopping, that the bank account was empty. Well, <laughs> 75 hours a month on podcast production times what I could have been charging clients. Yep. Bang. You, you nailed like, it. Oh, it, it was so painful. I was like, you dope you just you just threw thirty thousand dollars plus out the window because you were doing stuff that you didn't need to be doing and lou i was doing it myself because i didn't want to spend the three hundred dollars a month that the podcast production company uh, had would have charged and that, and, me yeah because you did all well, you needed to do so this is that's the math that you need to do is figure out what your time is worth and the things that would be taking away and i actually have been fortunate because i have an amazing team at thrive lab these are interns that are phenomenal at editing and producing and, and they do most of it. I still have to do some gatekeeping just because I have the interns running in and out too often. However, uh, time-wise and efficiency-wise, anytime that I'm doing on podcasts, not editing, but maybe just um, outward bound, I work with a social media person who sends all the stuff out uh, for the show. We, we communicate how we, pr we promote our stuff, anything like that. I might have some time and oversight on, but the time that I'm I'm spending is in, on weekends, like when I'm not in the middle of a work week, when I have other stuff to do for clients. That's the, the biggest thing. I've gotten, it, I've gotten it down to a time efficiency of when I need to do it. I only interview on certain days of the week. I only do that stuff on certain days of the week because those are the efficiencies that I know I need to be involved with. But I'm with you. Oh my God, it, it would be too much to do because the show is too big. I mean, you've got, this is what the 655th episode or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, this is, this yeah. is, that's a lot of, that's a lot of time. Absolutely. And most of the time, and this was not the case way at the beginning, when I was doing seven shows a week, I would allow guests to schedule any time of the day, any day of the week that they wanted to, except for Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, that so, would, that's, that's what I called uh, the, the, the podcaster first burnt time lesson. <laughs> Don't do that, future podcasters. Pick a set time that works on your calendar. It'll work. Yeah. And in full disclosure, we are recording today in a time that is not on the one day of the week that I now have set. But Lou and I 
you know, we have crazy schedules. Plus we met an event and I told everybody, you know, the people that I wanted from the show on from there, here's a special link for you. Special people get special links. Uh-huh. Not that the other people don't get special links. Please. They're just not guests- as special. You could say it. It's okay, Kim. They're just not as special. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but then there's also, I want to jump from that. You are all special. Okay. To knowing that just because other people's uh, fires don't need to be my emergency. So, and as a podcaster, you probably get this too, but oh my gosh, my book launch is coming up. Lou, I'm launching uh, my book next month. I need to get on your show like right now. Can, can we you, talk about that? Can we, can please. we, can we? Can, so it's actually one, I actually gave, I've been giving speeches. Uh, so let's give, a, this will be a shameless plug towards uh, something that we did. One of the things that was an offshoot of Thrive Loud is a podcast show that I host called Authors That Thrive. It's Bedside Readings Authors That Thrive. And that's a partner of mine. Jane Meyer has this amazing service where top authors get their books placed in high-end hotels, like at the bedside. It's it, at these unbelievable places and they get the book. And as part of that program, you get to be on Authors That Thrive, which also, by the way, airs on Thrive Loud as well. We'll do special episodes. And they all are freaking because their new book is coming out and they want the podcast to come in and be out when they need it to be out. They want it on the launch date and this and that. And a lot of it has to do with attention in social media and trying to get those high rankings in the Amazon you know, bookstore mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, I, and, I, and by the way, I understand all that. There's something else that they always forget about. And that is that if you go on a lot of podcast show, which is a great tool to, to promote your, your message, and it's spread out over time, your book sales will spread out over time. Yep. Uh, there'll be more messaging out there. You don't just want to hit everything right at the beginning. You need a little bit of time spread for it. And it doesn't have to be just concentrated in that. Uh, it's funny because this, this one person that we promoted their book, their book came out a year ago. And they were glad to have spread it out. And I looked at it and this person had been on probably 20 some odd podcasts maybe two a month spread out over the year. And it was great because it was consistent messaging across different platforms, across different listeners to different audience members to get that person's uh, book and message out there. I think that was a more effective thing than I got to be out there for launch date. So, Yeah, I don't want a one-hit wonder book. Right. Right. You, and, and But that's hard because it is hard when you're an author because you're so focused on the launch and you're told how important it is. And I get all of it. So they all want to be on your show. Um, but more importantly, when the show is out there, it's in perpetuity. We re-promote episodes in, in social media. It's almost on a loop in Twitter and, and Facebook and LinkedIn, all these different places. We will promote and push them way after the episode is aired. Uh, but not all shows do that. So I hear what they're saying, but they have to take a big picture view of it. Would you rather your book selling every day of the week or would you like it just selling on one day of the week? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I had a a guest get upset. They haven't aired and I don't know that they will air because we honestly haven't recorded because I offer on my scheduling page, everybody fills out an intake. Um, well, except for Lou because he's special. Oh uh, man. I think I did <laughs> fill one. No, it's okay. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, and after they fill out the intake form, they go to my scheduling page and there's two options. First come free right? And that those are currently scheduling for a year out. Hmm. And then the, the pay for faster placement. So I right. leave one episode open a month for those people who are doing a product launch or a book launch or something. And the guest really had an issue with that I, that I was making people pay to get earlier placement and said something along the lines of, I don't know what I'm doing for a year from now. Well, <laughs> are you... You know, do you plan to still be alive and still be doing something? I didn't say that. I'm saying it now. I hope you're listening. But I would love if there's an, if there's a show I want to be on, I will wait two or three years because I know I'm still going to be doing something. Well, I'll even I'll even add to this, and this is this is what I tell people. So one of the spe- I started to say that I give this speech, and it's not about being a podcast host. It's actually how to be a great podcast guest. Thank you. A- and one of my rules. For podcast guests, I believe it's rule eight. It's promote, promote, promote. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is not for the podcaster to do the promotion. The most important thing is for the podcast ho- uh, guest to let everyone know that they're on this particular show and tag 
the, partic- the particular host's program or other guests that have been on that program or audience members that are related to that topic. What, what everyone fails to think is they feel like in the old school where you're hiring a promotional firm that will be responsible for promoting it, the best part about the internet today and technology and the way social media works and the way we can now have access to writing our own books, ease of access to the market. Now you have the ease of access to promote it. So the the goal is not only to be a great guest on the program, but be a great promoter of that podcast host show. That's your job. It's not the other way around. Like, oh, you should be honored to have me on your program. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Do you ever get some of those though? Yes. Oh my God. I, first, I get tons of them. Mm-hmm. And, and there are, like you said, there are exceptions for certain special people. You've had, and by the way, some of the best, I'm going to share this story. So I had um, actress, activist, and animal lover, because I think that's how she goes by, Shannon Elizabeth on the show. Shannon mm-hmm. has, was in the American mm-hmm. Pie movies and the, uh, I forgot, Jay and Silent Bob movies, all that stuff. So she actually lives in South Africa and is committed to her foundation, the Shannon Elizabeth Foundation, and raising money to eliminate poaching of rhinos and animal care and the lands around them. And this has become her cause and her purpose and her passion, which is awesome, very much in line with Thrive Lab. But she's a famous person with tons of followers and social media. So I was excited to have her on. And we did some special promotions around her on the show. She went above and beyond it. She followed all the rules about being a Thrive Lab guest, great guest, which we send to every guest, no matter how famous they are. And, and she did it in, in incredible spirit and energy. Uh, got on. She put it on her own communication site. She promoted the show. She did some other posts and Instagram stories, like way above and beyond what you would have expected from somebody as popular. And I think it was the best example. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. If you do that, you're going to get great engagement. And I think that is such an important, uh, it's such an important part for anybody. It's not just, oh, Shannon was on the show. No, she loved being on the show and helping promote and share the message too. I love that you said she's a person too, because that is something that I have had to get over myself as a podcaster and, well, as a podcaster and as a podcaster, I just need to say it that way. Like, for example, in episode two, I had Mark Mason from Late Night Internet Marketing on, and I yeah. had been listening to his podcast for a while. So we hop on Skype, and I'm just blown away because he was one of my first interviews. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually talking to you. And he just starts laughing. He's like, Kim, a couple of years down the road, you're going to hear the same thing, and you're going you're gonna to realize the same thing I'm about to tell you. I'm a person the same as you. Yeah, uh, I, I might be stealing this line and saying it incorrectly. Uh, treat rock stars like friends and treat your friends like rock stars. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a good way to, to prioritize it. And I think it, it establishes a really good connection with people. Hey there, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to join the Work Smarter, Not Harder Challenge. Over the course of 30 days, these free, yes, free. Short videos will teach you a few of the systems and strategies I set up in my business so I can get away from my computer and back to the people I love. I invite you to sign up now at worksmarternotharderchallenge.com. Again, you can sign up at worksmarternotharderchallenge.com. You and I met at an event. I'm not going to, I'm not going to name it, but we met at an event and I, I feel like because we were the the podcasters on the stage that some of the other people feel like, oh my gosh, I can't really talk to them. And, oh, and yeah. I never want people to feel like that with me. Yes, I might be up there as, you know, a podcaster. I'm not going to say any more than that. But please come, just don't bother me if I'm going pee. That's all I got to say. Like if I'm in the bathroom, I have enough of that at home, like knocking on the door, mom, mom, you know, somebody stole my whatever. Just, you know, don't don't start a conversation with me when I'm sitting on the toilet, but you know, anytime, any other time, please. So, so Kim, I'm a speaker and I speak on all different types of stages and rooms. And I love the rooms where, you know, you've been in those big conference rooms. They host like two to four hundred people and they're all in round tables because it's like a big dining mm-hmm. event or whatever it is. I like those events because whether I could be on a stage and then I can get into the crowd yeah. And actually, and, and break that connection wall. And look, it's fun to be up on a stage and certain venues don't allow that. But the ability to interact with the audience, because that's part of one of the things that I do to connect, it would be 
untrue and not authentic to my brand if I'm just talking about connecting with others and not connecting with the audience that's right then and there. So don't escape to the the green room after you get off stage. But I will say, though, it is interesting to your point that because they see you on stage, because they saw us on stage talking about our our podcast programs, there's this sense of, oh, they're up on stage because there's a sense of, you know, they've been highlighted and featured. Mm-hmm. And maybe that puts an unapproachability. I do the exact opposite the minute it's over is make sure you're approachable to everybody. And I think, first of all, I think it also makes people really appreciate the experience. Uh, this is true. If you go to see a rock concert and if you are fortunate enough to ever have a chance to then maybe go backstage and meet the rock star, or whatever it is. Now, the rock star can't really go in and hang out in the crowd at a 20,000 stadium person. They're crazy people. Uh, but to have that opportunity to connect, you will never forget that show. They do that on Broadway shows, too. And that's why we love uh, the theater so much. When you go see a live performance, you, you're there with them. And uh, Mary Lou Henner, the actress uh, who's on Taxi and many shows, she was in a Broadway show. And, and during the intermission of the show, they were like throwing candy out to people. And she like, literally handed me a candy bar. And I remembered I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> did you eat it? I, I think I shared it with people, too. Yes, uh-huh. I did. Eat it. <laughs> I didn't save it. It would have melted. I think it was a Kit Kat bar. Anyway. <laughs> I just had to ask. My daughter gave me a candy bar last week and I wasn't ready to eat it. So my younger son, he's five, he saw it on the table and decided it needed to be eaten by me. Uh-huh. But he opens it, carries it around the house for about five minutes. It was a Hershey bar. It melts in his hand and then he brings uh-huh. it to me. I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, thanks, dude. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Actually, uh, I, I'm loving this whole conversation about connecting because, well, th- this, I guess, doesn't really timestamp it, but in two weeks, I'll be at PodFest and I'll be speaking on uh, Pinterest for podcasters, which awesome. I would love to just dip into that for a second, yeah, but sure. let me go somewhere else first. So I was on the speaker call last week and I saw William Hung on the on the, oh, the, the from the From the uh, uh, American, American Idol. Idol. Yeah. Yep. To anybody who may remember, he he have made the um, auditions and he did She Bangs right. and became an internet sensation. Ended up for, selling for, for, quite for a doing thing. it not very well, but right. that he was very good at it. So, yeah. Yeah. But I love his story of resilience. And I think we all need to hear that and how he's like made it into something truly amazing. And we'll laugh at himself because I laugh at myself all the time. But I. I saw him on there. And then the next day I was like, you know what? I would love to have him on just to talk about that. So I I sent him a quick message. And I think this is something else that people often get surprised by is people will send me messages through my site and they'll get a response from me. Well, I sent him a message through his site and we're booked to have him on the podcast on in two days. Yeah. That is fun. That's cool. and it's going to, you know, just like this conversation, it's going to be a blast, but he's a person. You're a person. I'm a person. Don't. Although don't he might be, a, he might be a more special person because you might air his show a little before mine. Actually, no, <laughs> I, I gave kidding. you the That's earliest scary. available. Uh, so, all good. Yeah. That's but, awesome. By the way, you have fun with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to do any better in my edition. I actually, I would do a lot worse. <laughs> so, um, but Hey, he went on to sell like 250,000 copies of his albums after unbelievable that. unbelievable what, yeah. a, what a, talk about taking your 15 minutes of fame and making it into a career i mean that's incredible right Go and ahead. and then there's the um and i forgot what i was going to say when i said there was something else but that's okay. oh the speaking i'm just going to yes. jump over there quick so i would love to know your opinion on this so i'm speaking on pinterest for podcasters but my whole business is about marketing and business automation. So while my Pinterest for podcasters does have a fair component of automation, it's not really one I want to be speaking about, you know, next year. I want to help people. Don't get me wrong. But I don't want, like you have your your keynote, your half day, your full day presentations that are the same thing. It's just different levels of double clicks. The Pinterest thing isn't going to be different levels of double clicks. So what I've been doing, and I would love your opinion on this, is I've been offering people in the audience um, an added bonus if they take pictures of the presentation and post them to social media and tag me, because I do have a whole funnel, to be totally right. honest, for Pinterest. But I want to build my rapport as a speaker. 
So how do you advise, and I know this is a complete different little sidetrack, but for people who may be speaking on something that they don't necessarily want to be known as the expert in, right? what advice would you have? Um, oh, that's a great point. So I think it's always, um, I love to say that you're, you're basically trying, you want your superpower to be what everybody knows about you. You want everyone to know that, okay, that guy knows how to help me connect better. And I said it in the opening of our show that this was an opportunity to work. You know, I work with the most amazing companies and help them thrive through connecting. That's the component that I want them to know about. And just like you said right beforehand that, you know, you know what your specialties are. And then you can, now you've now doubled, you've given permission to say, this is what I'm all about. And this is what my purpose is. Today, I'm going to talk specifically about this topic. Right. And that enables you today. I can talk specifically about Facebook or Twitter or other social media platforms that are out there. Here's a perfect one. Um, something I have there's there's a new platform out there called Good Pods, which is kind of like Goodreads, just okay. for podcast, which ones to recommend. And JJ Ramberg is the founder there. I've been promoting it of late, not because it's a, an opportunity for me to just say, oh, well, lose just in podcasting. No, it's a perfect example of connecting. So that's just like a double click down on a way that you can connect better with your audience or connect better with whatever the message is. So if your overall theme is how you can better message and market, you're not going to be known as, oh, she's the Pinterest person. No, you're going to walk away knowing that she is the person who has this expertise in this space. And this is just one avenue that she's able to help with. And I think if you open and close with that, when you message, whenever you speak, that's the overall superpower you want unleashed onto people, not the what. It's, I'm bringing Simon Sinek's thing in here, is why you're up there, what your superhero power is and what you do best. That's why we would hire you. I'm absolutely loving that. And I teach people how to get out of their business and back into bed. And <laughs> you can you can define that. That, that, however. Has, that has that has so many meanings in so many it different does. ways, Kim. <laughs> yeah, my husband would be like eyebrow raise, and I'm like, oh, yeah. just let me sleep. Just let me sleep. Just oh, that's funny. But that's where I by trying to do everything instead of doing the stuff that I was good at. By trying to do everything, that's where my major downfall came. I I ran into a serious bout of sleep deprivation caused which caused major anxiety and depression. And I nearly ended everything. Yes. My life included in 2016. So by that's where it's amazing how your purpose and your passion evolve. Like I thought I knew what my purpose and my passion were in my business, but I was wrong. Like at that point it was to make money. (laughs) If if your purpose in your business is to make money, then I want you to take a deeper look. I, I, I say this often money is the result for top sales performers, you know, you say, what's your goal for this year? And they say, I want to make $2 million. Okay. That, that, that's an outcome and a result. That's not a goal or a dream. Your goal or your dream is you want to be living a certain sense of lifestyle. doing, you know, traveling to places that you never could, um, enabling your, your children and your grandchildren to have things that maybe you couldn't have had. Those are the dreams and the visions that you look at. The specific amount of money that that's setting a target is never really good. In fact, I always tell salespeople, the minute you set a target, then what happens once you hit it? You feel like, you, you, you know, make it a bigger number, move it to the next level. <laughs> so if you make the, if you recognize that money is just the result of what happens from the great effort and the great things you do, that is a better target. Um, all the great companies, uh, I, I saw a great interview with, uh, what's the Facebook founder's name? I just blanked for a second. Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, it's, they even say it in the movie, uh, in the in the movie that he's in, Social Network, that money was never his drive. His drive was this creating something that had incredible value, and he wanted to be included. And he created the the sense of you know, hey, kind of it was ego and all of that component of what he does. But he created something that brought people together and broke down certain social barriers and pieces. That was his goal. It wasn't money, even though he's now the fifth wealthiest person in, in the world. Think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. So you can you can look at all these unique things, but if you always if you make money the driver, yes, you're you're gonna lose sleep. And it's too short-sighted. Uh, do the things you love to do, focus on the dreams and the visions, and the money will come. I mean, money was still the driver when you and I were last in a room together. And it's amazing mm-hmm. how just 
refocusing on my priorities, the raccoon eyes are almost gone Hmm. and I'm sleeping better. I just want to know, and I saw you, you didn't have any raccoon eyes. (laughs) That's because I was wearing a lot of makeup, but I can Uh, go like makeup less now. And my, my raccoon eyes look less than they did when I was wearing makeup. Get out of your business and get into bed more. That sounds like a phenomenal topic of a speech, just for the record. So. I love that. Maybe that should be my second book. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you listeners heard it here first. She's got yeah. rights to it. Put it down. It'll yeah, be delayed but, a couple of months. But, but Lou, I don't know if you know that the first book is Chronic Idea Disorder, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Overcoming Idea Overwhelm. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I got to get that first one written first. But, Go do it. You yeah. will. Listeners, I would love to know what your biggest aha is and what you are, what action items you're going to take as a result of this episode. So head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP655 and let me know. I am getting distracted by this cow dog that's in a neighboring backyard. It literally howls like a cow, like a dying cow. So <laughs> pardon that little... I, I guess I wouldn't get this in the room underneath the stairs, but Lou, where can listeners go to listen to the podcast, learn more yeah. about you and all that great stuff. So anywhere you want to find me, you could find me at thrive loud. So that is in all social media channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram at thrive loud, T H R I V E L O U D. You could also find it at thrive loud.com. And if you're interested in having me speak, you can go to thrive loud.com or Lou diamond.net. And everywhere is where you could find me. You can find my book, Master the Art of Connecting, and our very popular podcast show, Thrive Loud. Um, was loud because of Lou D? Ah, uh, yes, it is. It is. It's I, a little double. They call it a double on a double entendre. Uh, it's part of the message that we want. We don't want people just to thrive in business. We want them to thrive loud. Mm-hmm. And yes, it just also happened to have been my handle in the business of the two. Very, I just very sharp, it. Kim. Yeah. Well, I was just looking at your name on my spreadsheet and yeah, I don't like finances, but I'm a, I'm a spreadsheet person. So yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Listeners, all the links will be in the show notes, including any of the resources that we've talked about today. Uh, QuickBooks, I'll let you know where you can send your sponsorship fee at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP655. Lou, thank you so much. I, I know that this happened exactly when it was supposed to happen. So Thank you for bearing with me. Uh, right back at you. I think this was a mutual having to reschedule. I'm glad it worked out. And uh, it was an honor to be on your program. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us from the closet. It sounded great. <laughs> Lou, do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can leave with the listeners today? For those who listen to my program, I sign off every show. It'd be a good way to end this one here. Be brief, be bright, be gone. I think it's a good motto to go by in the way you work, in the way you connect with others. And be gone doesn't mean just run away and drop the mic and do that. Be gone means take it to a new level and thrive and thrive loud. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. Thank you.